is Saturday, April 25th, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight he'll be discussing with us the message we received from Our Lady today through Maria. Uh, for those of you that are new to Medjugorje and to Medj.com, on the 25th of every month, Our Lady gives a message for the world. And so tonight as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, who as we as a people have been given blessings, unlike any before us, to have you come to us each day and bless us. What were we doing today when you came to the earth and gave your words? What was our hearts about? And were we properly disposed to have that knowledge of your presence upon the earth? Give us the grace to understand the grace of time we live in, that we use it well as you've told us to, that we might not regret later when you no longer appear. Give us the understanding tonight and the peace, what you desire of us as Our Lady Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. Pray for us. Well, Joan's with us tonight. We'll let her go ahead and just start off with the message of reading of today's words of Our Lady. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's April 25th, 2009 monthly message. Dear children, today I call you all to pray for peace and to witness it in your families so that peace may become the highest treasure on this peaceless earth. I am your Queen of Peace. And your mother, I desire to lead you on the way of peace, which comes only from God. Therefore, pray, pray, pray. Thank you for having responded to my call. We know when Our Lady speaks of peace that it's not always in the way that we sometimes are inclined to believe. In other words, just before Saddam Hussein did his march into Kuwait, Our Lady had just preceded that by, I think it was eight or nine days, uh, when she said peace eight to nine times or so for each day probably. Uh, and we thought, oh, how beautiful, message of peace, when it was just the opposite in the result, that it was in jeopardy. And, of course, today's message today is profound and in, in very serious in some ways or many ways 
Because in that she says that the the time of peace that we look for uh, that doesn't come from us but from God is something that we can't take for granted in the sense that it's just is it just going to be there. So for her to sit there and say it's the highest blessing, the highest grace, the treasure to have peace brings us to family. And so she asked us to, to really review this, look at this in that way. She, Today I call you all to pray for peace and to witness it in your family so that peace may become the highest treasure on this peaceless earth. And the key to this is when she says treasure, that people's concern right now is economics, my retirement, my 401ks, what's happening to the, economic, the, the economy, my future, where we're going. And here our lady's talking about treasure. And we've had people call right to us in anguish over the money they've lost and the retirement cut down to two-thirds of what they had, or even a third. And so where is your God? What is your God? Where is your trust? And the whole basis for our ladies coming for 20 years is to put our trust in our lady, to, to, who leads us to God. You know, today she said, which comes only from God. What has come only from God? Peace. I desire to lead you on the way of peace, which comes only from God. So today when she says, today I call you to pray for peace and to witness it in your families so that peace may become the highest treasure on this peaceless earth, shows we're in a deteriorating society. That as we travel down this culture, and it drags all of us along because we're so wedded into it, welded into it, and so much are we uh, immersed in it that even when you don't want to, you're drug along as part of it. So in that way, we've contributed to this uh, culture by participating in it, and in many ways innocent, and in many ways through ignorance, and, and, and most of the way through not praying. And the more you pray, the more you see things array. Uh, we had somebody write to us recently from Hawaii uh, saying that they were they knew some of the people, the highest in the Mejigoro movement, and some of the things they believed were shocking. And all I could think of after I read the letter was it says that you're becoming, uh, you're suffering from the wounds of your sin, and you, because of that, you're more disillusioned, and you're more distanced from truth. And so... If we can't make the believers come to the proper mentality, how are we going to make the unbelievers come to the proper mentality? And so here I least invested 28 years, and, and I'm shocked sometimes of what I see, sometimes what people write, and really how, how unbiblical they are in their understanding of, of what's going on today. And not seeing that everything not of God today will be destroyed. Our Lady's words today very seriously state or the seriousness, seriousness of the, the message is, is clarified when she says, this peaceless earth. And what's the greatest treasure on this peaceless earth? If we're going to be living in a, in a society like Lot, when he had degraded people knocking on his door, they had reached the summit of peace where God had only one choice, destroy Sodom. And we're there, really knocking on this door right now. And so where was the only peace? In the family. That's the treasure. So having that peace, and it's just remarkable so many things, and we won't go into a lot of that tonight, but we'll wait maybe a few more days when uh, Mariana gets her message on the 2nd, which would be uh, May 2nd's message coming up in a few days.
But the point is, is our lady has repeatedly told us this is a peaceless earth. She doesn't exaggerate. If she's saying it's peaceless earth, this means 10 times more you can ever imagine, 100 times more than you can imagine. And for those who are really praying, those who want to be connected to the truth, they're seeing this, they're understanding that. We had a friend write to us. Uh, actually, I, I was out of the country for last eight or 10 days. She wrote a letter to us, and she actually lives down here, but she's living temporarily in Miami right now. She wrote us a, a, a really, really good letter. And I read it when I got back, and I was going to actually use it in the next words of the harvester. But I think I'll let Joan read it because it kind of gives us some uh, some summation of, of society where it is. And she's down there in Miami, and the, and the whole picture of of uh, what's going on in the culture. Joan, why don't you read that for us this moment? This is actually just the the last part of her letter, and um, she's just telling her experience. Her experience is in the big city of Miami, and um, we've changed the names of the characters in here just uh, so as we as we go through that, uh, you'll know that. She starts by saying, I'm going to close with the story of my six-year-old atheist. I call him my atheist because I have spiritually adopted him. His name is Daniel. He plays with Johnny, her son, during aftercare at their Montessori school. Daniel is in the first grade. He is an extremely intelligent little boy, intellectually well ahead of any six-year-old I have ever met. A couple of Saturdays ago, Johnny and I went to the zoo. It was amnesty day for bringing your unwanted exotic pets to the zoo instead of dumping boas in the Everglades or lionfish on the canals. There were several wildlife organizations present. We found Daniel in a booth on native species. He was next to a tall, red-headed lady who was running the booth. I extended my hand and introduced myself and Johnny. She quickly cut me off and said, He is not my son. He just tags along. He did that last year, too. His dad doesn't care about him. At these last words, I quickly made an anguished gesture for her to shut up. Daniel was right there. Between Daniel and this heartless woman, who cares more about the environment and native species than she does about a little boy, I gathered that Daniel's dad was a veterinarian. He was examining the animals that were being brought in. I deduced that this man was divorced. He had no one to watch Daniel, so he brought him along. I thought it dangerous to have a six-year-old outside the zoo's gates, amongst strangers who don't care, wandering around from booth to booth, maybe getting adopted. So I asked him if he wanted to come into the zoo with Johnny and I. He readily agreed and said his dad wouldn't care. I insisted on meeting the dad and asking him if this was okay. I greeted him, and Daniel quickly interrupted and asked if he could come with us. His, sa- his dad said, I don't care. I wanted to introduce myself and was ready to show him my driver's license and give him my cell phone number. He did not know me at all. He really was not interested. I took the boys in and rented a tricycle-type vehicle to keep them from running amok. I got to know just how intelligent Daniel is. He can read everything, knows all the dinosaurs' names. 
He was disappointed Johnny didn't share his passion for dinosaurs. Daniel pretended the sandbox was a paleontology dig. To Johnny, it was just a sandbox. While Daniel and I talked about the animals, Johnny skipped along, pulling palm fronds. I told him to stop. I didn't want them to smack into us or others. Daniel said, Johnny, stop. Do you like people pulling your hair? This confirmed what I had suspected. He was being brought up along these ecological lines. Pulling leaves is like pulling people's hair. An 18-month-old toddling behind a pigeon is cruel, etc. Despite his concern for the plants and animals, he showed nothing but a thinly veiled contempt for babies or toddlers. Johnny has always been taught to be excited about babies. Look, Johnny, a baby. Isn't he cute? Has been a phrase I have said since he was a toddler. Yet before we d judge Daniel, we should understand that people around him probably held him in contempt when he was a baby. He couldn't talk. He couldn't discuss animals or nature at an adult level like he can now. He wasn't worth anything. I have sadly seen this attitude too often amongst the female Jewish doctors I have worked with. Babies are for nannies to worry about, not for mothers to caress or hold. I'll spend time with him when he's older, when he can talk. What makes him think he'll want to talk to you then when you showed no interest in him as a baby? We went to see the hyenas. I told him that when I went to Africa... The Africans had told me that God regretted how strong he had made the hyena's jaws and how fast he had made them run. In order to give the other animals a fighting chance, God broke the hyena's back. That is why they have that appearance. Daniel looked at me and said, But God didn't really do that. I saw an element of doubt in his statement. For the first time, he wasn't really sure of himself. Before the conversation went into the God-doesn't-exist evolution line, which I did not want Johnny to hear, I told him, different peoples have their folk tales, just like the Irish say there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Today, of all days, Johnny had decided to grab a plastic rosary and bring it along. I hadn't really the energy to argue with him into not bringing it. Daniel learned what it was. He also watched us pray over lunch. He asked, do you celebrate Christmas? I said, yes, we're Catholic. He said he celebrated Hanukkah. He also said he didn't have to bless his food. I said, you do it during Passover. Why not over every meal? He looked thoughtful. I also reminded him that saying God's name in vain was a commandment that needed to be kept. I had to remind him of this several times during the day. Finally, another visitor to the zoo who overheard me thanked me. Finally, it was time to turn in the tricycle thing. Unbeknownst to me, Johnny had draped the rosary over a handlebar and we left it behind. Daniel noticed Johnny didn't have his rosary. and We had to run back to look for it. Our tricycle was green and that is all we knew. Finally, Daniel found it. Even the black attendant who was helping us said, You got good eyes and reverently gave it back to us. I told the Hispanic attendant next to me, now it is a holy vehicle. She smiled and said, you're right.
Daniel and Johnny went on a camel ride while I took pictures. Johnny was all excited and got up on the saddle. Daniel looked a bit nervous. Then we saw a carousel, and it had started to rain. I was out of money. Daniel said, I want to go on the Ferris wheel. I said, it's a carousel. Even Johnny, with his speech delay, knows what it was. Then it struck me that this kid that, came, that can name every dinosaur has never really had a childhood. The attendant let us get on the carousel for free. A miracle? Daniel got his dream to ride a tiger. He hopped along with Johnny and said, That ride is not just for little kids. It can be for kids of all ages. And adults, too, I replied. On the way to the exit, they cantered along like typical five- and six-year-old kids, even, whip, even whipping branches. Daniel ran off at the exit. I had to chase him to make sure he'd get back to his dad. His dad said to me, You have a lot of energy. I thought he'd introduce himself to me and maybe get my name, but he still didn't. I took his kid from 10.30 to 3 p.m., paid for his lunch and snacks, and he doesn't know who I am. The only reason I know his name is that he had his business card available to the people seeking amnesty for their exotic pets. I am indeed sorry for this little genius boy. If we don't pray for him, he'll grow up and go on to influence our world in a very ugly way. He will be able to master every subject except for that of love. He doesn't really have a human family. No wonder he subscribes to evolution and all its farce. Either that, or he will turn to drugs or suicide. This boy belongs to God's chosen people, a people who are all incredibly intelligent. I have never met a dumb Jew. They may be misguided or spiritually wrong or even full of hate towards Christianity, but they are not dumb. Here is a child who could offer so much to the world if he had the right spiritual formation. Our Lady said to ask for graces boldly. I have boldly prayed that he be allowed to come with us to Alabama in July. I don't know how that will happen, but maybe Our Lady will be merciful to one of her own tribe. His features are those of David. Please pray for little Daniel and for us as well. We miss you, and we'll see you in July. You know, this exemplifies us, the, the disease we have of, of peacelessness. These people, these little kids raised, help go through the educational systems. They're very adept to the world and its way and its path, and we know the path that's we're traveled is, is more peacelessness. What kind of decisions will they be making toward Christians? Or you pull a plant, Frongs off or a fern or a piece of grass up this equivalent to pulling human hair out of a baby or something. Uh, what kind of mentalities are we going to be dealt with? What, are they, what will they be doing with the Christians in the future? Our Lady's not preparing us, Our Lady's not saying these words without preparing us to show us where the culture's headed. The thing that's amazing is how fast it's headed that direction. You know, so we need mercy on parents because little monsters are raised not by by their own genius or their own thinking or their own mentalities. These are developed by parents. And many parents give this advice. They form it. And so we need mercy on parents. How many, how many parents really are, are that interested in their children and forming them the right way? 
And so that's why he's coming to some other to show us this way, to teach us. For fathers to be fathers and mothers to be mothers and give them the values they need to come to know God. His daddy taught him all about hunting and fishing. How to work on that old truck when it needed fixing. How to say sir, how to say ma'am. How there ain't nothing wrong with getting dirt on your hands. Have mercy on all the kids out there. Haven't been raised to even care About things like that These days His mama used to cook every meal in the kitchen She helped with his homework Taught him religion She laid down the law And he let her know where he was going and when he'd be home. Have mercy on all the kids out there who haven't been raised to even care about things like that these days. As the years change him from a boy to a man, Blessed with a generous heart and a plan Wherever life takes him, wherever he's at He's gonna find some way to give something back Now his weekends are spent Doing what he loves most With twelve little angels who call him coach Some have nothing, some are spoiled rotten But when they're with them, they're not forgotten Have mercy on all the parents out there Who haven't been raised to even care About things like that These days As the years changed him from a boy to a man He was blessed with a generous heart and a Wherever life takes him, wherever he's at He's gonna find some way to give something back Have mercy on all the parents out there Who haven't been raised to even care About things like that These days Have mercy on all of the kids out there Who haven't been raised to even care About things like that These days Once more, I beheld villages, towns, and cities springing up where I had seen them before. American history you never learned. A remarkable writing that will amaze you 
and which Satan does not want you to know. The founding of America in a most remarkable way can be traced to the spiritual. A booklet of surprise and is one of Caritas's most requested. The title explains it all. American history you never learned. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. We uh, are constantly amazed at the power of the message of Our Lady that those who've gone to Medjugorje, those who've been part of it, that they get so entwined in life and so immersed in it that they lose the significance of it. And we see also those who treat Medjugorje with insignificance become insignificant themselves. If you want to be significant with God, which everybody's loved by God, God wants everybody to be close to him, but you know, the whole principle of the message is God's going to take care of those who are really walking that. The the whole thing about the message today was running on that same principle. I call you all to pray for peace and to witness it in your family so that peace may become the highest treasure on this piece of earth. What you can have in your family, what you're going to have internally, is is the treasure you need to have. And you've heard people persecuted. You've heard difficulties they've been through. The Jeremiah Denton, the POW, who, who kept close to God, the Catholic, who became Ronald Reagan's friend, the highest officer in the Vietnam War. What he went through, incredible torture, but always in peace because of Jesus. And so we want peace. We want people to do it in a human way. We even have our president saying that, you know, we used to be a Christian nation because they want to wish this into being. You'll never erase our Christian roots. John Paul told the European Union, you can't ignore Europe. You cannot ignore your roots. When you deny God, he'll try to draw you back. And you deny God, he'll try to draw you back. But eventually he says, as it does in chapter, or First Romans chapter 1, He'll give you over to your desires. You don't want me? Then you have a culture without me. And, and Romans 1 is something that people should deeply study. Deeply study. It's, it's a, a, a basis for everything happening today. And our deterioration of a degraded society and where it will end up. So we have history that teaches us if we'll just look. And so our lady's coming to explain the biblical ways today to modern man through her messages and people aren't sensitive to it. They're so wrapped up in their way and trying to make it and trying to do it their way that they don't realize that our lady said, surrender to me and surrender to God the Father. Once you put your life in that order, things start working out in a whole different fashion, a whole different way. And you'll begin to experience peace. You know, we quoted last time, Yvonne, when he says, that if you live the messages, if you live the commandments, if you live what the church teaches, your life will become almost perfect. Both the good and the bad. How can your life be perfect if it's bad? The same way you know people that's had a lot of trials and they're happy. 
Bad things are positive. It's learning experiences. It's not something that's negative for you. Oh, you don't want to go through it. You don't want to have that. But if you live the messages, you understand that everything won't go your way. Everything's not going to be perfect in the sense of what your desires may be or how you'd like things to run. But you'll know how to deal with the bad as well as the good and be in gratitude. Peter said in the scriptures, Take joy when you've been given a suffering because you've been given a measure of mine. Speaking of Jesus. Our Lady said that. I want you to be joyful carriers of peace. I want you to be joyful in your sufferings also. So once we live the messages, we can accept bad things with joy. We can accept those things that, that elevate our heavenly reward. And so we have many, many non-believers who never come to know the love of God because of bad parenting. We're in a situation of, of tragic deterioration of family life, of making beasts like this little boy, monsters. Our lady on October 24, 1988 says, Dear children, your mother wants to call you to pray for the young of the whole world, for parents of the whole world, so that they may know how to educate their children. Not somebody else educate them. We've delegated this to so many people in the school systems and everybody. You're the primary teacher of your child. Nobody has any right. You're supreme. Nobody. The United Nations right now is trying to do a Bill of Rights for children. That they're owed an education by the secular system. And you won't be able to stop that. That's building a peaceless culture. You think they'll be teaching about God? No way. All these tea parties going on. Two or three of them we heard about back from, even a big one that was here in our town. They say, well, you know, we we don't want to focus on uh, too much toward God. We want to focus on the Constitution. The movement is dead. It is over. Anybody's got a tea party, that's the direction they're going. Forget the thing. It's not going to do anything. What is God? God is everything. That's the whole problem for our problems. People don't want Jesus. Our lady goes on and says this same message. Know how to educate their children and how to lead them in a life with good advice. We don't have bad children. We have bad parenting. She says for the life to lead them good life. She goes on and says, pray to her children. The situation of the young is difficult. Help them. Help parents who do not know and who give bad advice. Little Daniel. Look how he's being raised. And there's millions of little Daniels out there because the parents themselves aren't praying. The parents themselves are distanced from the truth, even though they're going to church. Remember, the church deteriorated with Holy Mass, with Sunday services for Protestants. We've been in a deterioration of culture. We're not salt of the earth anymore. We don't preserve society. It's rotting because we're flat. We don't live the fullness of Christianity and walk. Our Lady's trying to get us to do that. Our Lady gave a, a real beautiful message that summarized uh, much of where we were headed all the way back in 1987. Now think about that. This is 2009. So you're looking at what, 22 years ago or so. July 30th, 1987. And we couldn't even imagine. When we read this message, I remember reading this message and, and discussing this often in Medjugorje. I used to talk a lot about this message. I haven't brought it up in years so much in my writings. I, I may say something here and there, but 
the message is a, a blueprint of where we we're headed. But at that time, things were so bad in 87 that we think they can get worse. And this was, this was a piece of cake. I mean, we're practically living in the Garden of Eden compared to what is happening in the culture today. It wasn't practically. We were. It, it was a hundred times better even in 1987. July 30th, 1987. Dear children, today I invite you in a special way to pray for the plans of God to be fulfilled. First of all, with you, then with this parish, which God himself has chosen. Dear children, to be chosen by God is really something great. But it is also a responsibility for you to pray more, for you, the chosen ones, to encourage others so that you can be a light for people in darkness. Children, darkness reigns over the whole world. People are attracted by many things and they forget about the most important. Light won't reign in the world until people accept Jesus, until they live his words. Which is, the holy, which is the word of the gospel. Dear children, this is the reason for my presence among you for such a long time. To lead you on the path of Jesus. I want to save you and through you save the whole world. Many people now live without faith. Some don't want even to hear about Jesus, but they still want peace and satisfaction. Dear children, here is the reason why I need your prayers. Prayer is the only way to save the human race. An incredible and on a foundational, I would put this message in a foundational form of so much that's happening. And uh, this message had a, a certain seriousness and a scary aspect about it. That, you know, what did she mean, prayer at that time when 87? Prayer is the only way to save the human race. And now she's coming along saying this peaceless world. Peaceless, the last time I think we heard the word peaceless was July 4th, 2008, in the field. Be my extended hands in this peaceless world. Our Lady was saying what she's saying here. She said when we was giving her our nation, the solemn act of consecration that night, 10 p.m., July 4th, 2008, We know while we were there, we were in anguish over the fall of our nation and thereby the fall of the whole world. And a lady talks about peaceless world. We were matured in a certain way. Those who gathered here understood this in a certain way. And how does it fall apart? It falls apart through the family. You've got the, the, the destruction of the family unit, more than you did 2,000 years ago, even in the, pagan, in the pagans. I think it's in First Romans 2 that, that even the pagans don't do some of the things that uh, they're finding even in some of the other church. Actually, I think it was Galatians or something that Peter was talking about. Uh, one of the uh, early Christians and some of the ways he was living, he gave his flesh over to the devil, said even pagans don't behave this way. And we know what they were like 2,000 years ago. We read about it. And so we have in the church today a people of God, or supposedly of God, that don't even know how to walk in the light anymore. 
They don't understand that way. And so we have all these families that are living like a, like a tribe of monkeys, no peace. They tear each other apart. They raise kids lest, you know, like little Daniel, so much in the environment, so much about this and how families saving the wildlife and don't want to put boa constrictors in the Everglades. And, and our, we got a robin in our backyard right now. We saw four eggs in it. Beautiful turquoise eggs. Yesterday one hatched, completely featherless. We saw it a little while ago, looked at it this afternoon, and already this thing's got one-inch feathers on it. In one day. You know, how, how could that happen except by God? How do you separate that? But then we got the people who worship that. The people who, who that, that's their whole being. But this mother bird is taking care of this. She's got three more to hatch. The second one hatched this afternoon, actually. She's going back and forth. She's feeding it. She's taking care of it. She's keeping it warm. She's providing better than this father's doing for Daniel. An animal without a soul, without any heavenly rewards. And we got parents that can't even take care of their own kids in the right way. And this is in the church. This is not just for pagans. This is, I mean, we've got a deteriorating society. What will we end up as no better than a tribe of monkeys? So we got those who are chasing the world its ways. They, they wonder why everything's coming down. The wind blows, blows everything apart. Why they can't stand up. Why they can't stay together. Why they can't stay married. And those who have nothing who are staying married. You know, why is this? What's the cause of this? Think about it. This here's a song about two sets of Joneses Rothschild, Evelyn, Reuben, and Sue Just for discussion through random selection We've chosen two couples who haven't a clue Rothschild was lucky to marry so wealthy Evelyn bought him a house on the beach Reuben and Sue, they had nothing but Jesus And at night they would pray that he cared for them each And the rain came down And it blew the four walls down And the clouds, they rolled and one set of Joneses was standing that day but Evelyn's daddy was proud of young Rothschild He worked the late hours to be number one Just newlyweds and their marriage got rocky He's flying to Dallas, she's having a son Reuben was holding Gideon's Bible And he screamed, it's a boy, so that everyone heard And the guys at the factory took a collection and again, God provided for bills he'd incur. 
does God deal with nations which have no spirit? One of the founding fathers of the United States, George Mason, said, As nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, they must be in this. By an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. When we look at the events around us, are we perhaps blind to see what is so plainly before us? The continual stripping away of religious freedoms and the barrage of laws, regulations, and more laws, the oppressive structure to promote sin through new laws, and on and on. The scriptures so clearly show that when God's people turned away from Him, it resulted in the loss of freedom and liberty. For years, Our Lady from Medjugorje has told us, invited us, and encouraged us toward reconciling as a people, as well as individually, back to God. We need a mother for our nation. We need her to purify us. We need her to cure us. We need her to resurrect us. We need her to be amongst us. We, the people, need her. 
this July 1st through 5th, that mother will be with us. This July 4th will be special for our nation. Come to the field at Caritas, Alabama, July 1st through 5th, when Maria Lunetti, visionary from Medjugorje, will be with us for all five days. Join with thousands across the nation in praying for the resurrection and renewal of ourselves and our country. July 1st through 5th, a 4th of July in Alabama that will change your life and this nation. Go to medj.com for more details. Medj spelled M-E-J dot com. Or call Caritas at 205-672-2000-USA. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Listening to this broadcast tonight and to Our Lady's message, certainly there are going to be those families that maybe only one individual is the one who's interested in living Our Lady's messages. Certainly there's people out there listening to this broadcast tonight. You're in that situation. And so I ask a friend of Medjugorje, what of those people who to make the choice for peace in their family, they know that their husband or their wife or their children may not go that direction. What direction would you give to those people? Yelena actually answers that question. Uh, years ago, I read something of, uh, it really struck me. Actually, I think I put it in the book, How to Change Your Husband. She said uh, that a lady told her that uh, every family needs prayer, that they must be in prayer. You're not going to have peace with that prayer. You know, and what is peace? God's, our lady's told us, peace is God. So without prayer, there's no God. But she said that um, husband and wife needs to pray. And statistically, uh, the organization, I can't think of the, what's the name of the organization that does the uh, weekend, weekend, life weekends? Yeah, family Life today. I think Family Life put out the statistic that I mentioned before that for the, um, Christian divorces now are more, Christian marriages are more than uh, non-believers in divorcing, over 50%. So uh, one in two marriages, Christian are divorcing. If you pray together, if you do religious things together, it jumps from one to a thousand. That's incredible. But Yelena gave a really important insight in something I lady told her that she says that it is good for praying together to bring peace, but it's enough for only one person in the family to be praying. And that's what all he said today. Today I call you all to pray for peace and to witness it in your families. That's where we start, not the nation, not going converting everybody else in another place or San Francisco. You got to first start in the family. And if you're the witness, if you're in peace, people want some of that. You know, you think of somebody in your life that you've been attracted to, not not in the flesh, I'm talking about, but in the spirit, a teacher or somebody or somebody mentored you or something that you really admired those virtues. Uh, and they had this inner serenity, this inner peace. And that's what our lady wants us to have in our hearts. She wants to have this inner serenity. She wants to give us this. We went to Mass already today, and the priest, uh, the gospel reading today was, was um, 
Jesus talking about Jesus appearing for the first time. And Jesus said, while standing there, still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. The first thing he says in every apparition for 28 years, every single day. The first word she says, peace be with you. Isn't that incredible? The first apparition, because this was an apparition in some ways, that when Jesus came to the disciples, actually the two disciples, uh, I guess this is on the way to Emmaus, because it starts off, we're not talking about that, but it says they broke bread, which is what happened when he vanished after he broke bread with them. And, you know, he's talking to them. And so this came in the same way as our lady comes. People sometimes have a hard time wondering why, you know, can our lady really come? Well, God can do anything, especially when the world's sick. So what does this mean? When this happened and he gave them peace, and once they had peace, they would do anything for God. They'd be martyred. And sometimes that martyrdom may be in the family. Because when you walk toward God, when other family units don't want to walk toward God, you're going to get resistance. Because they don't want to be convicted. Even if they don't know that, the soul wants it, the flesh doesn't. St. Paul talked about that. You know, this, this contention going on. My flesh is at war with my soul. What my soul wants, my flesh don't. What my flesh wants, my soul don't. Simplified version of what the scripture says, but that's what it means. It's the old Indian saying. The grandson asks his grandfather what's wrong. He says, I have two wolves in me. One's greed, jealous, envy, murderous. The other's good, virtuous, kindness, gentleness. He says, they're at war. They're fighting. The grandson says, which one's going to win? He said, the one I feed. Scriptural basis. They never knew the scriptures. But truth is in every heart. But that truth won't manifest unless you pray. When you pray, you don't even have that Bible. People of goodwill that never heard of Jesus went to, to are in heaven because they're baptized by desire. But now we have our lady telling us peace this world. And when the family's not at peace, when the family can't have peace, this manifests out into the culture and it deteriorates. So the whole plan of God through our lady is to bring back holy family. What is holy family? Get rid of all strife. Pray together. Today we had a beautiful day, our afternoon. We're going to have more pictures because we already have some online right now on Mesh.com. But we had four baptisms in the community today. We went to church. We had it. The whole community gathered around the baptismal fonts, and it was beautiful. After this program tonight, we'll have a dinner. We've been preparing all week. It's a big feast day. And we have a lot of dinners here in our community called Dinner on the Ground. People don't even know what that means anymore. If you've been here, you visit us. We Even at our talks here in our auditorium, we still don't have enough chairs for people. We're always sitting on the ground. So uh, a, a lot of folks down here in the south sit on the ground. They dinner on the ground. They don't have picnic tables. It's not that formal. It's just something you go by the pond. But there's a beautiful thing about our baptism. It's a real celebration. We've been preparing for all week. We had the, the, the young girls here have been making cakes for three days. It's a real feast. We'll show you pictures later. Maybe it'll be late tonight when we put them on. We can see them tomorrow or Monday. But, but it's a real celebration. It's a great joy for us. It's how it's supposed to be. I desire to lead you on the way of peace, which comes only from God. This is the way you're to live. Quit watching life and start living life. That's what our lady wants you to do. She's pleading for this because it's not going to get better. People think it's going to get better. But our lady can't be here, as I've said many times. And those elements that's godless continue, and she continues to expand her plans for peace amongst the peaceless. One's going to win out. And when Jesus, 
appeared to the two and then gave them peace, they did go to martyrdom. Does that mean we may be suffering from that in this country? We may be doing that. But one thing's for certain. When you want to change your life, go toward more toward, go toward making baptism of these children and these babies like it's supposed to be. You're going to get resistance. What's your response? Love. It's the only way. So today we had something beautiful in the community after Rosary. We're going to have a beautiful evening tonight. And the whole event for us is, is our culture. It means something to us. We didn't jump in a car, run around somewhere, and run back, and then it's over. It really is a genuine feast for us. And we need to contemplate more this way into your life, culturalizing our least messages this way. The summer breeze made ripples on the pond and rattled through the reeds and the willow trees beyond. Daddy in his good hat and Mama in her Sunday dress watched with pride as I stood there in the water up to my chest. And the preacher spoke about the cleansing blood As I sank my toes into that cool East Texas mud And it was down with the old man Up with the new Raised to walk in the ways of light and truth didn't see no angels, just a few saints on the shore. But I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. Amazing grace, oh how sweet the sound. There was glory in the there was dinner on the ground And my sins, which were many Were washed away and gone Along with the buffalo nickel I forgot to leave it home That seemed like such a small, small price to pay For the blessed peace of mind came to me that day It was down with the old man Up with the new Raised to walk in the ways of light and truth I didn't see no angels Just a few saints on the shore But I felt like a newborn baby Cradled up in the arms of the Lord This road is long and dusty Sometimes the soul it must be cleansed And I long to feel that water Rushing over me again
just a few saints on the shore But I felt like a newborn baby Cradled up in the arms of the Lord I felt like a newborn baby Cradled up in the arms of the Lord Now, being present in, in the, the baptisms today and watching these four sweet little, little children being doused with the water and anointed with the, the holy oil, I couldn't help but think of Daniel. And to me, that it was real striking, this, these two sides, these two uh, groups of people that are being raised. We see genera- our generations growing from one generation to the other into Our Lady's Way. And at the very same time, perhaps more, never in history has there been this huge group of children that are being raised in an opposite way, totally without God. And um, for me, it was really striking as the importance of these children, not just the children of our community, but all of the parents out there who are listening tonight, who have been following Our Lady's messages, who are trying to birth this way into their own kids, how important these children are for the future of, for our future, for the future of our country, for the future of our world. Perhaps you wanted to maybe comment on that as we, we end tonight's program. Well, lastly, the holiness is the whole key. If we have your protection is not your money, your protection is not your power, your wealth, your position, your lands. Your protection for the future is holiness. That's the only protection you have. Our Lady said that, in, in, you know, because if you have peace, it's because you're walking a holy way. Not that you're not a sinner. You're going to fail. That's not what it is. But, but the, the virtues to incorporate. We've culturalized into our walk each day, the way we do baptism. Whatever we do this way, though we fail it, the way is perfect. We fail the way. But if you got that, you're protected by the way. We're protected because we know in the mornings, if you don't want to get out of your bed at 5 o'clock in the morning because it's raining and lightning and thundering out in the field, everybody else will be there, and that's a protection because you've got an obligation to be there. But see, we've lost this in society. Society has no accountability. I'm accountable that when I come in from out of the country, you know, and I come in at 2 o'clock in the morning, that i got to get up at 4.30 and be in the field at 5 o'clock. I'm not excused from that. I'm accountable by because I... I I'm in being part of the community. We do this as a provider or the single consecrated. And so society has no accountability for anything. They want to be free to do whatever they want to. All the while society deteriorates into nothingness. So this peace, this path of peace, a lady said today, I am your queen of peace. Now, 28 years, thousands of messages. A lady has said queen of peace only, only 15 times. One of those times was here, and I think that's a great treasure here. I think it's a great gift that Our Lady said those words here. I think that message was December 25th, 1988. Look it up. And it's, it's so much of a blueprint of our future life here that she, when she asked for the community here, that December 25th, 1988 message uh, was prophetic of what was manifesting here. We understand we're a window for others to show them this way. 
So don't be discouraged. Don't feel hopeless. There's a lot of struggles we went through to get to this point, and you're going to have those too. It's just natural innate that's going to be. So the the blessing of peace, the blessing of that fruit, comes with the taking away of a lot of things in your life that you might not want to. But it, if you do what the message says, if you do what Scripture says, if you do what church teaches, it can it cannot end up in disaster. If you do what the world says and the way it's doing and the better way to do it, or don't be so much with God, it will end up in disaster, and that's where we're headed. In a beautiful program tonight, we look forward to next week's broadcast, Saturday, May 2nd at 7 p.m. We will be with a friend of Medjugorje on that day for the broadcast of Mariana's Apparition, and so we will see each other at the same time and at the same place. You know, everybody's desperate as we close the show. All the nations are. Everywhere we go. I was just in Italy. We was just in Medjugorje with Maria. And there's just a general deterioration on every level. The things we think plague our nation, sometimes it's 10 times, 100 times more in other countries. Mexico, uh, just this April 20, a few days ago, the bishops got together and said that they did a reconsecration from a 1924 consecration across the country. They said this consecration is an act of faith and hope with which we manifest our firm confidence in Jesus Christ, Lord of history, who guides our steps with the wisdom and strength of his spirit in these times of harsh trials. Everybody's suffering. Everybody's frightened. Where do we go? We don't know where to go. It's what I said July 30th, 1987. Many people now live with that faith. Some don't even want to hear about Jesus, but they still want peace. The only path to peace is going to be Jesus Christ. They went on to say in this consecration, the country's consecration to the Holy Spirit is not just a pious act, but, quote, becoming aware that God has chosen us for himself, for his service, to bear fruit of holiness. Recognizing that we are in need of being saved, insisting on a prayerful full, or rather a prayer full of confidence and ready to ratify our commitment with actions. You have to take actions, and that's the words I lead you with. So as we close tonight, we ask that you contemplate these words, savor them. Today, put them into your life. Put them into your culture of your world, whatever and however that may be. We love you, and we wish you, Our Lady, good night. <laughs> 